0: With your EWTN Newslink, I'm Brian Patrick, host of The Church Alive. Talks between U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un break up early in Hanoi, Vietnam today. President Trump says he's unwilling to comply with North Korea's demands to lift U.S. sanctions before denuclearization. A South Korean archbishop sees the summit's host country as a model for North Korea to follow. Archbishop Hygienist Kim Hee-jung points out that Vietnam and North Korea both fought bloody wars with the U.S., Unlike North Korea, Vietnam normalized relations with the United States and in turn experienced economic growth. A surging river floods some 2,000 homes, businesses, and other buildings in Northern California's wine country. The Russian River in Sonoma County is at its highest level in about 25 years. For more news from a Catholic perspective, visit EWTNnews.com. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak starts now. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Today on More to Life, raising faithful kids. How can we help kids own their faith and values? We'll show you what it takes to give us a call. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it.
2: More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant.
1: Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And
2: I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: And today on More to Life, raising faithful kids. We're talking about what it takes to help kids own their faith and values. We're asking you, what resistance do you encounter as you're trying to pass on your faith and values to your kids? Do certain people push back? against your efforts do you experience certain situations that make it difficult to make those efforts stick what are the obstacles that you experience as you try to raise faithful godly kids give us a call at 877-573-7825 again that number 877-573-7825 and we'll explore some ways that you can share your faith more effectively with the people that you love most. Boy,
2: is this a tough one, it's right? I think that, that any parent who loves God, who is invested in their faith at all, would love, dearly love, to pass on their faith to their kids. But all we have to do is wake up in the morning and see that it's harder than ever. There are not a lot of supports out there to help us. There's an awful lot out there that's, that's contradicting what we want to teach to our kids. So we really do have to be very mindful about doing this well. I'm, I'm hoping and praying as a mom myself that because the world has gone absolutely crazy as far as I'm concerned, that maybe... Because we have to be more intentional about it, we have to look through it, look through our minds and say, "How can I make this moment holy for my kids? How can I connect them with God today? How can I help my child know that he or she is a son of or, or daughter of God?" Really being very thoughtful and prayerful about it that maybe it will be so, it will be a moment of light when we do that to our children. It'll be a moment that will make sense for our children in the craziness and darkness of the world. Because when I think back to when we think we had, and I have air quotes going on here. You can't see that. I'm on the radio. Um, <laughs> you know, when I think back of when the whole country, like everybody went to church and everybody had Sunday off, or even businesses, and, and we think, well, that was a real that was a moment where... The faith existed in everybody's life in some way. But look at us now. So maybe we took it for granted too much. Maybe we didn't really live it fully. We just kind of went through the motions. And and I'm hoping and praying that this is an invitation. All the craziness of the world, all the things that our kids are being exposed to and go through every day, is an invitation to say, hold on let's take a step away from the crazy and find god in our hearts in our home in our family
1: and to be intentional and about
2: to it. be intentional and that's, that's the word a, i was yeah, looking yeah, for a, before yeah, yeah i think
1: just i think that you know thinking out loud right no no I, I i culturally i think you're right i think that there was a time when people went to church more often i don't know necessarily because that was in some ways before my time mm-hmm. um... you know whether that meant that people were actually intentional about their faith or not i no, know that there, i know but. that now because the cultural sort of bias is against people going to church on Sundays or people living their faith, that if you're going to live a meaningful faith in your family and pass that faith on to your kids, you have to be intentional about it. And,
2: and really thoughtful about how to make this happen. And and some of us try to be thoughtful about it and can't come up with any uh, answers, which is why we're, we're here, here today. <laughs>
1: so give us a call, we're talking about raising faithful kids today. What resistance do you encounter as you're trying to pass your faith and values on to your kids uh, do certain people push back against your efforts are you experiencing certain obstacles that are making it difficult for those efforts to stick Uh, are there certain obstacles in particular that are getting in the way of you raising faithful godly kids eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five we talk about this a lot in our book discovering god together the Catholic Guide to Raising Faithful Kids, where we discuss a lot of uh, really good research that's been done in the last, say, 10 to 15 years on faith transmission what what enables parents to effectively communicate their faith and values to their kids and have those kids own their faith and values well into the next generation we reveal a lot of that we talk through you know how to practically apply that in family life and really build a family around an experience of faith so that faith is the source of the warmth in your home and that's all in discovering god together the catholic guide to raising faithful kids which is available at CatholicCounselors.com. but one of the things that i i want to highlight as we start the show off today is something that Al Cresta says uh, fairly often, which is that many Catholics or most Catholics are sacramentalized. Some Catholics are catechized, um, and but very few Catholics are actually evangelized.
2: Mm-hmm. And he even has it in the lead-in to his program.
1: Right, and, and so what I want to do, though, is, is kind of talk about the difference there, because I don't know that a lot of people really get the 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 different things that each of those components give to our faith if you it, so let's look at it this way let's 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 think about it in terms of electricity all right okay so being sacramentalized means that your house is wired for electricity You've got all the wiring in there, and you've got the power running to the house.
2: Okay, so when we when we and our children, our family members, receive the sacraments, are part of the sacramental life of the church, we've got the wiring at least.
1: The, well, the wiring and the power. The power is running to the house. Okay. okay? So if, but if, you, if you're catechized, then you've got this appliance, and you've got the instruction manual for how to use it. Okay, I'm right? with you so, so far. So whether that's your refrigerator or a computer or whatever it is, you, you've got a manual for how to use that appliance. Okay? Being evangelized is actually plugging the thing in. Makes right? sense. And unfortunately, so what we've got here for Catholics a lot of times is we've got a lot of Catholics whose homes are wired for power, and, and there's power running into them, and and we've got lots of lots of user's man user manuals for for all the different appliances we purchased spiritually speaking, but nobody's ever taught us how to plug them in. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's true. And and that's where the evangelization piece comes in, and that's. Where a lot of Catholic parents tend to get confused or fall down because, you know, we feel like, well, I, I've taught my kids faith facts, I've taken them to church, I've sacramentalized them, why isn't it sticking? Well, a lot of times it's because that evangelization piece isn't there. And very few people are, are in a place to, to actually show. Us, how to do that as parents. Now, I was very blessed um, growing up. My my parents were actually really good at that. Yeah,
2: you were really, really blessed. Um, I came from exactly the opposite situation.
1: And and you know, it really st- their efforts to pass the faith on to me really stuck. Um, our efforts, with, through God's grace, so far so have far. really stuck <laughs> with with our adult children so as well as uh, our younger kids. Um, so you know, praise God for that. But the the point is, I think we can share some things with you about how to evangelize your kids so that you don't just have power running to the house, and you don't just have a bunch of user's manuals for the appliances, the spiritual appliances you've purchased, metaphorically speaking, but you can actually help your kids plug that in and and experience the faith as a real and personal and meaningful force in their lives that they want to own and carry with them.
2: Well, I have to say this is why, and and you can maybe um, you know shed some light on what I'm about to say in a minute, but this is why, you and I and many, many great Catholic theologians and social t- scientists are meeting this summer for the Family Life yeah. Symposium at Notre Dame because we want to be able to give more of this to a very hurting, very darkening, by-the-moment yeah. world. And, and I think that a lot of us are really looking at, hey, I can't just... Whatever it used to be, I can't just do Sunday dinners with grandma and grandpa and the kids will kind of catch on. I can't just go to church on Sundays, although please God you are. I can't just give my kids a Catholic education, although please God in some way you are. I have to do more. What is it? And families are feeling the desperate need of wanting it and not knowing how. And so we'll be working on that even more than we already do. Well, and actually
1: we'd love for you listeners to participate in this. Let me tell you how you can. Um, So you mentioned in passing the the Family Life Symposium for folks who aren't aware of what that is. Lisa and I are hosting a gathering uh, at the University of Notre Dame this July of 30 social scientists, theologians, and pastoral ministry folks. And what we are looking to discuss is nothing less than the renewal of the Catholic family. Um, our, our goal here is to look at four questions. Number one, you know, how, what, what, how does our faith make Catholic families different? You know, how, how, do, how are Catholic families called to be different from other families? I, I don't think most people could answer that question. Number two, uh, how is a domestic church-based spirituality different? You know, most of what we think of as Catholic spirituality is drawn from the monastic and clerical tradition and tends not to fit very well in family life. You know, so we get a lot of calls from parents who say, oh, you know, I used to have this great prayer life before I got married and had kids. Well, we don't happen to think that marriage and family life should be antithetical to growing in holiness. <laughs> so so we're going to be looking at that question of what does a domestic church-based spirituality actually look like. Uh, thirdly, we're going to talk about what does research have to say about what parents can do to practice intentional discipleship at home and, and raise intentional disciples. Right, And finally, how can we do a better job as a church of empowering families to be the primary outposts of evangelization and positive social change. And those are the four big questions we're going to be looking at with this group of theologians, social scientists, pastoral ministry folks. Um, We want you to participate by joining the survey that we're doing leading up to this. If you go to cflsymposium.org, that's cflsymposium.org. It stands for Catholic Family Life Symposium. cflsymposium.org. And respond to the survey that you'll find there at the link. Ask you a few questions about what you think is important for passing the faith on to the next generation, to living a vital and meaningful and vibrant faith in your home. We want to benefit from your insights and also learn from your questions and struggles. And the survey will help you share your story with us so that we can have that information and bring that to those discussions that we're having at Notre Dame in July. And please keep that project in your prayer, because as I said, the the whole goal of this is nothing less than the renewal of Catholic families around the world. So please give us your support by responding to that survey at cflsymposium.org. We are taking your calls about raising faithful kids today. What resistance do you encounter as you're trying to pass your faith and values on to your kids? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls. Name the Father and And the the Son Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for revealing yourself to us and calling us into relationship with you. We are so grateful that you have extended yourself to us and that you call us into deeper communion with you day by day by day. And Lord, we want to share that relationship with all the people that we love. But sometimes that's hard, either because people aren't receptive or we don't have the words or the means to communicate that relationship. Where there are other obstacles that get in the way that we don't know how to overcome, so give us the love, the grace, the wisdom that we need to be able to share our love for you with the people that we love the most, so that we can create those communities of graceful love in our families and in our society. We ask all this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, the name of the, the
2: Father and the, the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit.
1: Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great.
2: Pray for us. And we
1: are taking your calls right now about what makes it tough to raise faithful kids these days. What are the things you're bumping up against as you're trying to pass your faith and values on to your kids? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's
2: talk now with Kathy, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana on Redeemer Radio.
1: Hey there, Kathy. Welcome to More to Life.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: Yep, what's up?
3: Well, I have five children, and the oldest is a senior in high school. And he, in the last year, has told me that he no longer believes in God and that he thinks the Catholic Church, and in fact, all organized religion, is a bunch of baloney. And he often tries to, you know, present his points to me and get my um, side, I guess, uh, he He says part of the reason he feels this way is because of the theology teachers at the high school that he goes to. He says they're hypocrites, and they are they turned him off in the Catholic Church. He has mm-hmm. four younger siblings, so I want to know your opinion on how I should approach this.
2: Sure, okay. There are two points that that I think i I know I personally want to cover and and then hand this over to my husband. The first one is the more important one, which is, I really want to make sure this kid is having some experience of a relationship with Christ apart from going to Catholic school. We'll talk about that one in a minute. The second one, though, if we take this idea that he's saying, my teachers are all hypocrites, I would have a conversation with him about how he knows that. Okay? How, how does he know his teachers are hypocrites? They can only be hypocritical if there's something to be hypocritical against, a gold standard, something that, that is put out there as a great way to live, a way to be holy, a way to be just, a way to be a good person, and that's the teaching of the Catholic faith. And I think that a lot of us are dealing with this right now, as we see some of the major failures that have happened in the infrastructure of our church, and we're saying, well, you know, then then it must all be wrong. No, that doesn't mean it's all wrong. That means people are sinners, and there were terrible failings. But we wouldn't even know that there is anything that is wrong about the way someone lives if we didn't a have the teaching that taught us what's virtuous and right and good and holy, and b intuitively value it in some way that says people should be like that yeah, so, and so yet your, they're not. So your that's first question, the number Kathy, one needs
1: there. to be how do you know, Yeah, like you said, Lisa, how do you know that they're hypocrites because basically what he's saying is I believe what the church teaches and they're not living up to it. And he doesn't know he doesn't that. Even know that he he's he not did. acknowledging <laughs> in
2: his own mind that there is something there that he values and believes in, but he's disappointed and angry that people aren't living up to it, which of course means Hey, son, that's an invitation for you to live up to it and know it better so that you can be that light, even to your own teachers and even to the church. Well, one thing that's
1: important to know, Kathy, is that the teenagers are, faith evolves in different stages throughout early childhood, middle childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. And the stage that your son is in, uh, and all teenagers are in, is the relationship stage of faith. and. And, the, and when you're in that relationship stage, you tend to believe that faith is true to the degree that it, it either facilitates your relationships or see it played out in your relationships or it makes your relationships better. Uh, and you tend to believe that it's false, faith is false, but based on how it complicates your relationships or you don't see the people in your relationships living it out or it somehow makes your relationships worse. Okay, And your son is basically saying, you know, I don't see the faith making a difference in the lives of the people around me. Um and and that, so he what he doesn't believe in isn't God. He doesn't believe in the people around him. and good, he shouldn't because they're hypocrites. and I think you want to, you want to validate that. That said, let me ask you a question. this goes to what the first point that Lisa yes. was making with a personal relationship. What do you guys how, how do you guys pray as a family? and how do you pray with him?
3: Before bedtime, with everybody in the family?
1: Do you pray with him individually? No. And what's the prayer at bedtime other like? Than,
3: other than at the, you know, as they leave for school, God bless you, have a good day. That's
1: okay. The and, and what's your what's your nighttime prayer as a family look like?
3: Um, he says they're very rote, so it's things like uh, act of contrition and Our Father and a Hail Mary. A Do you guys ever
1: just pray about your concerns you as a family or about? about how, how you know, how God is, you know, for example, you know, do you ever find out like they, they have a test coming up the next day and, say, you know, Lord, please bless my son's test and help him to do well with this and let him know how much you love him and I mean, that we kind of prayer Straight affair.
2: out, Lord, please help my son. He's confused. He's angry at the hypocrisy he's seeing around him. Please lead him and guide him and let him know you're there. Do you ever do that? No, not out loud to him. Okay. So
1: would would you is... know how to start? Because I think that's going to be your next step.
2: Okay.
1: Well, we say, okay, I said, do you know how to do it? Like, you know, I mean, It's one thing for us to say, do it. Do you, do you know where you'd start?
3: Um, I guess the problem is finding the good time and the right place. Cause
1: no, they're, they're, every time is a good time and every time is the right place. Yeah, if, you, if he's you know, saying this stuff to you, that's when you say, you know what, son, I don't know what to say. Let's take this to God. And then you pray right then, Lord, my son is really struggling to know you and to feel you and experience you in his life, and, and I don't know what to say to him, but I know that you're real and I know that you're here and I know that you love him. Please show yourself to him. And ask him to pray in his own words about his struggle. God, I'm really doubting you. I don't know that you're there. I don't see you active in the lives of the people who say that they're faithful, and how am I supposed to know that you're real if I can't see you uh, in, you know, making a difference in the lives of these people who say that they believe in you? Help me to see where you are in all this and to and to live that you know lead him in that kind of a prayer because that this is what we're talking about the evangelization okay you've sacramentalized him You've catechized him, but we've got to evangelize and plug that in by actually having him have a personal, meaningful encounter with God. you introducing God to him so that God can meet him where he's at right now.
2: And you mentioned that your nighttime prayers are very rote. This is something a lot of parents fall into because when their kids are young, we're busy trying to teach them the prayers of the church. That is very important. But as our kids get older, or even alongside when they're very tiny, alongside teaching them their Catholic prayers, We need to be having, letting them have real conversations with God. You would not feel like you were in a good relationship with your husband if he used a rote way of telling you he loved you. Every night at 11 o'clock he said, I love you, honey. Have a good night. And that's all you got from him? You wouldn't feel like you were in real relationship with him. You need that constant living love with your husband. We need that with our Savior. So don't be
1: threatened by what's happening with your son. See it as an opportunity. We talk about how to. Work with this in discovering God together. Walk you through it step by step. I really encourage you to pick that up at CatholicCounselors.com or Ave Maria radio.net store. Uh, check it out, Kathy. And thank you so much for the call. You can definitely get through this. There's a lot of good stuff to work with here. We got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls. and We'll be joined by Julia Dazelski of the USCCB's Secretariat for Laity, Marriage, Family Life, and Youth. She's going to be talking with us about other ways that families can pass on the faith to their kids. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when more to life continues.
4: I would always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches
2: that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong.
5: If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org.
0: CharityMobile.com.
4: When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877 374 LIVE. That's 877 374 L I V E. Visiting Angels, America's Choice in Senior Home Care.
0: EWTN host, Father Wade Menezes, presents the truths of salvation in The Four Last Things. This guide will help you become eternity-minded
5: in your daily life by demonstrating the reality of hell, dispelling sentimental notions about heaven, and bringing to light key truths you need to know about death and judgment. The Four Last Things, now available at EWTNRC.com or call us at 1-800-854-6316.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking with you today about raising... Faithful kids, joining us right now, Julia Dozelski. She's the assistant director of the USCCB's Secretariat for Laity, Marriage, Family, and Youth, and she's here to talk with us about some ideas for how parents can make Jesus come alive for their kids. Julia, welcome to More to Life.
4: Yeah. Good morning. Thank you. So let's talk here about again this. On this. Yeah. Sunny morning.
1: This idea that you know it's hard sometimes for, for kids to experience this God that we can't see in real ways and have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. How can parents bridge that gap? What are some ways?
4: Absolutely. It's probably one of the, the biggest questions on parents' minds is, how do you help your children really become best friends with this God whom they cannot see? And I want to begin by just briefly explaining that I went to a mother's conference recently that really got me thinking about, how to do this, because the topic was the long-term benefits of reading aloud to your children. She emphasized that she still reads to and with her children in their high school years because the benefits are huge in in many ways. And so I began to think, how can this activity be related to transmitting the faith, which is such a challenge for today's parents? So reading stories does open the imagination to the possibility of faith because different forms of literature depict in one way or another this human drama that we all experience although the pervasiveness of screen time can inhibit this. But by suggesting stories, I don't mean to downplay Jesus into some just, you know, fictional character like all the others, who's just, you know, the greatest hero of them all, but to make him more accessible. So starting, I think, with just reading to your children, preferably good literature, (laughs) stories...
1: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local.
4: It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution.
1: Engaging.
3: Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the
1: Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching.
5: Well, good morning to all of you out there in Radio Land. This is Father Mike Malloy coming to you from a sunny but cold Rapid City, South Dakota. It's good to have you with us. We had a little technical difficulty, but we've got that worked out, and we're glad to be with you now here at Real Presence Live. It's uh it's been an exciting morning already, as far as I know. I'm here with a couple of good friends of mine. Uh, Todd Tobin is here with us. He's kind of observing and watching uh, Real Presence uh, Radio, how this all operates. And then we have Dan Williams, who is doing all the technical stuff, and we are so eternally grateful that Dan's here. Because um, if he wasn't here, you probably I, you probably wouldn't be listening to me right now. You'd be listening to something equally good on on, uh, on Real Presence Radio, but it wouldn't probably be me. So... It's good to have everybody here with you and uh, welcome to the show today. Uh, let's begin, Gregory, just a little bit of a, of a, of a uh, uh, summary of what's going on today sure thing father so coming up this morning we'll visit with sister candace fear of the diocese of new alm or wait actually sorry about that i have to edit my script quick okay so if you have any questions this morning feel free to call in during our straight talk segment with our host father michael malloy answering your questions and many of you probably had a cup of coffee this morning to take on the day but what about spiritual caffeine We'll visit with two women who will tell us about what an opportunity for other wo- or about an opportunity for other women to take on their fears, so they can draw closer to Jesus. All this and much more coming up this morning, Father. Sounds like a great, great show. Um, we're looking forward to this, and of course, we need to begin this whole day with a little prayer, um, so that we can, uh, interse- inter- ask the Lord's intercession. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and loving God, you call us always and everywhere to respond to your love to us by loving one another. We thank you for the opportunities and privileges that you give us to share this good news and to reach out in love to those. Give us the strength and the wisdom to know how to respond so that together we can continue to build up the kingdom of God, to fulfill your commandment to love one another as you first have loved us. We ask all of this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, that was uh, an interesting beginning, so (laughs) (laughs) we're glad that we're here with you and ready to begin uh, uh, the next segment of Real Presence Radio, which is, um, I believe, going to be straight talk. I'm not sure. There's supposed to be some kind of a sound effect, so we're hoping that it's coming. Well, there it is. Well, good morning once again. You're here with Straight Talk. Um, this is Father Mike Malloy coming to you from Rapid City, South Dakota. We're interested in what you have to say, what your thoughts are, what your questions are. We're interested in having a good, solid conversation. If you're interested in sharing a comment or a thought, please call 877 795 877 or you can leave a, a question on the Facebook page for um, Real Presence Radio. So either way, we'll get those questions and we will be able to respond to them. So let's begin talking about all the very interesting and, and amazing things that have been going on in um, this area in the last um, few weeks. Um, so um, one of the things that came about was very interesting was... Uh, um, was a, a legislative um, uh, uh, decision that was made here in, in South Dakota um, that, um, that one of the things that was on the legislature was that uh, they were going to try to pass a bill that required priests to be uh, regular reporters of child uh, sexual abuse. And uh, that was defeated um, in the the peer legislature. So it will remain um, as it has been in the past where, of course, all of the people that are um, normal uh, reporters for sexual abuse, but clergy will not be required to report, and that was an interesting decision that was made, um, and it was a very close vote, as I remember it. And the decision that was made was um, based on, I think, you know, our our understanding in the Catholic faith about the fact that. Uh, a priest most often would hear those kinds of questions or concerns in the context of confession, and how important it is for us to maintain the inviolability of the sacrament um, of confession, so that people can, uh, um, you know, feel comfortable and confident, um, uh, sharing what they what they need to share in in, in the confession. So, um, we have a listener question. Judy from Barnesville, our prayer group. Uh, has a question in mark 9 2 13 it says elijah will indeed come first and restore all things we are wondering what elijah has to do with the second coming of jesus we are assuming the passage is referring to the second coming as he was as he was here in the old testament please help us understand this passage that's a great question judy and your a uh, prayer group from barnesville um you know, now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to you know have to be a little a little bit of honest uh, unsureness about uh, responding to this question. But uh, the prophet Elijah was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament, and um, and uh, in in Jesus' time there was always this notion, as it says here, that Elijah would come ag- again, that there would be this great prophet that would come again and would announce the coming of the Messiah. So Jesus comes and Jesus in his time on Earth um, is of course the Messiah, but people aren't necessarily conscious aware of that you know in 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 terms of Jesus' time on Earth, and so he's sharing with them the notion that that there will come a, a, a great an announcer who will announce the coming of the Messiah, and in in jesus uses the old testament imagery of elijah in another part of the bible if my memory serves me right he also talks about john the baptist being um being that that voice that one that came that announced the coming of the of the messiah so i'm not sure that in this particular passage jesus is actually referring to the second coming so much as he's referring to the fact that he is the messiah who has come into the world and that he was announced by uh, john the baptist um, that would be my sense of that. That, that in 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 uh, terms of of this, without going in a little bit more deeper and looking at um, the passage and the context in the Gospel of Mark. So I hope that helps, Judy, um, for you and your prayer group. If not, you can certainly call back because it's straight talk, and straight talk means that we have to be straight and we have to talk. So I'd be happy to help uh, any more if I could in that regard. We're li- you're listening to Straight Talk with Father Mike Malloy here at and, and Real Presence Live. Um, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If there's a topic, a question, or a curiosity that you have that you would like us to talk about, please um, do not hesitate to give us a call. We're uh, heading into the Lent season in not too distant future here. Today is uh, um, the end of March, so in about six or seven days, we're going to be heading into Lent, and of course, um, Lent is one of the <coughs> one of the um, probably most important seasons of the church year in the sense of us opening ourselves up to a deeper relationship with the Lord. And that's the importance of what Lent is. Lent is about us opening ourselves to a deeper relationship with the Lord. Part of, part of Lent, uh, and a significant part of Lent, is that we, we choose to give up something. We choose to sacrifice. We choose to, um, to deny ourselves, to open ourselves up to the, a deeper awareness and presence of the Lord. Um, in the context of that holy season, and then we, as we deny or we fast or we give up something, we also turn our attention to a deeper prayer, a deeper understanding, or a deeper openness to the Lord, and trying to understand what it is that He wants for us in our lives. And so, there's always two sides to the Lenten season: that that's that uh openness, that denial of ourselves to prepare ourselves to open ourselves up, and then and then. Um, doing spiritual practices that really invite us into that deeper relationship with the Lord. Um, so it's a, it's an exciting, wonderful time, and certainly not too early for people to begin to think about what are they going to do for Lent, what are they going to give up for Lent, what are they going to um, do in addition to um, their normal religious practices to help them um, really benefit from this holy and wonderful season. So um, maybe you have some thoughts or comments, maybe you have some good ideas about what would be good practices for you to engage in in the Lenten season. Again, the number is 8777950122. 877-795-0122, uh, 877-795-0122. So I'd encourage you to uh, think about that and maybe call in and offer some help. One of the things that I remember as a child growing up that was truly um, probably the best Lent that I ever had in my in my childhood was my parents made us turn off the television. Um, And, of course, we thought we were going to die as kids. We thought we couldn't possibly survive one whole day. Um, That became one of the most meaningful uh, experiences of my life because we didn't have the constant presence of the television in our lives. We were able to, in a very real way, reconnect and connect in a deeper way um, with our our brothers and and sisters, with my parents. And I still remember um, all these many, many years later, what a wonderful time that was to sit around, as a family and um, play games and talk to each other. It was a truly wonderful gift. Um, A good encouragement, a good thought maybe for for Lent for you this year is to say, you know, what I need to do is we need to fast a little bit, excuse me, from uh, social media. Maybe we need to fast a little bit from the television. Maybe we need to replace that. No, not just give up, but also replace that with some kind of really meaningful family activity. Um, that, you know, it could be uh, taking a walk if the weather allows it. It couldn't be going outside and playing in the snow. Uh, it could be, um, you know, playing a card game or gathering around the dining room table for a supper and an extended vacation or extended visit. Whatever that is, um, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to be serious about um, the Lenten season and to really deepen our relationship with the Lord and with one another. Again, perhaps you have some thoughts or ideas about Lent for yourself. Um, again, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You're welcome to call in. This is Straight Talk, and I'm Father Mike Malloy coming to you from Rapid City, South Dakota. I have to tell you, you're probably wondering where my sidekick is, um, Andy Shaw. He's uh, was un- un- unable to be with us today, and and so he is. Uh, absent from us and missed, but at the same token, uh, doing what he needs to do for himself, and we're grateful for that. So um, Todd Tobin is here, has joined us, um, and uh, maybe Todd has an idea or two about Lent uh, from his experience. Todd?
6: Good morning, Father. Thank you very much for the opportunity to participate with you this morning, And, uh, and I hope that Andy Shaw is enjoying his day off. Yeah. So... You know, for Lent, for me, growing up, there was often the uh, experience of just giving something up, and as a child, it meant more of a punishment than a sacrifice. It wasn't until I was older that I began to embrace and understand the premise of a sacrifice. Uh, It started out in baseball with a sacrifice fly and it went on to other aspects of it into understanding that there truly is a sacrifice which is going without. And as an adult I look at it sometimes thinking I'm going to be punished for giving something up but today I look at it as a sacrifice and what it is that I choose each Lent and it gives me a a deeper spiritual meaning every time that we
5: go through Lent. Yeah, that's that's a great... great, um Way wait to look at that that we oftentimes think of sacrifice as something that's painful or hard and and yet when we can enter into it and say for the sake of a deeper relationship with the lord um oftentimes obviously sacrifices are for the sake of someone else lord whatever suffering i might go through whatever difficulty this might present to me i offer this to you and especially for the benefit or or the blessing of whoever it might be that i'm 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 uh, wanting to pray for wanting to be a part of so sacrifices is, is not a bad thing and sacrifice is a good thing it's just an uncommon thing in our culture uh, today <coughs> so Can I share at,
6: one example of sure. what I, I like during lent one of the practices i try to do this year round but i make an extra conscious effort during lent in addition to whatever i would sacrifice uh, at a personal level i like to dedicate each hour during the working day to someone knowing that their needs, and so it helps me stay focused at a personal level on my job or whatever it is that I'm doing, but each hour on the hour, I have a list of people during the day that I'll dedicate my work and my efforts that day to the work for carrying Christ's Message and All My Affairs to an individual that is in need, and I find that that was a beautiful gift that I learned from a Jesuit years ago, and um, over the years, I've made that as a part of my life.
5: Mm, that's a wonderful a wonderful example of, of how you, you turn this into something very positive <coughs> and very good. You're listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Straight Talk with Father Mike Malloy. If you have questions or concerns about Lent, we've been talking about that. It can be anything else that you want to talk about, whatever's in the news, whatever's in your heart and mind. Please call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. The uh, uh, as I think about uh, what you just said, Todd. I mean, I think sometimes we want to make Lent, we want to make any spiritual activity something extraordinary, over the top, um, different. Instead of saying, "I'm really, really to look for creative ways in which I, I simply engage in my life." in a more intentional and a more deliberate way. For example, like you said, I I offer my work hour by hour for someone else. Um a very simple kind of kind of thing to do um and and yet can be so rich and so rewarding. So, you know, as we think about Lent and moving into Lenten season, it's like we don't need to we don't need to think about um uh, huge and complicated and difficult penances. We need to think about simple ordinary ways that we can really intentionally focus ourselves on the Lord and reach out to a deeper relationship with him. Um, so it's it's not terribly difficult. There are rules for Lent, you know, any uh, anytime we have a rule, um, the church always gives us rules, but the rules are the minimum, they're the basic, you know. Um, and so in order for us to appreciate the importance of fast, the church says we need you to fast on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday. In order for us to appreciate that on another level, we're asked to abstain from meat on Ash Wednesday and the Fridays of Lent. Um, you know, those are basic minimum things. And, and what they're inviting people to do is a deeper reflection, to ask themselves, why why should I give up meat? Why is that important? Um, what am I going to gain from that? And, and to really enter into that deeper sacrificial nature of, of Lent. So I think that's important for us to appreciate
6: and uh, Father Pete Gavoric, a very dear friend of mine and yours, of course, uh, years ago, I used to laugh when he would say, we Catholics are the best because we have the most rules and we priests wear the coolest clothes. <clears throat> and I often looked at that as a perspective of a, uh, a beautiful way of, of making light of the rules, but the rules are very important and the richness of them and understanding them has been a huge part of my growth.
5: Yeah, I mean, and so you and so we try to embrace them in a proper spirit. We don't just we don't just see it as a um as a punishment as you said or a, what do i have to give up but we see it as this is an opportunity for us to a deeper and and richer um experience of our relationship with the lord and one another you're listening to straight talk as father mike Malloy. i'm here with todd tobin and we are um you're invited to call in to share your thoughts your questions um 8777950122 is the number 8777950122 um, we've been talking a little bit about Lent and about, of course, some of the rules. Some of those rules also don't apply to um, everybody um, in, in the sense of the church. Is a kind of a, a reasonableness about this and when people get to be certain ages or prior to certain ages, um, you know, that sometimes those rules of fasting and absence don't apply for reasons of health or for reasons of lack of understanding, like with little tiny kids. Um, and, and, and so, Again, we understand and appreciate the fact that the rules that are there are not there to punish us they 're there to help us to um, to grow and to deepen our our relationship with the lord so
6: one of the um, beautiful things for Lent for me at a personal level is that there's three ways to know that i 'm a sinner: one is that i 'm forgetful, and i don't remember the other two. <laughs> <laughs> So what Let does for me <clears throat> is it helps me be reminded of the things that I forget, and it gives me a dedicated month to do so, and we have, through our liturgy and certainly through all of our uh, liturgical calendar, we have opportunities throughout the year to help, help us stay on track.
5: Yes, for sure. We have a, a call on the, on, on the phone from Mark at Watford City. Mark, are you there? Yeah. Well, hello, how are you today? I'm doing well. Doing Great. Well, not as
0: full as yesterday.
5: <laughs> Good. Mark, what's your question for us today on on uh, straight talk?
0: My question is is uh, as the Jesus was in the desert being tempted by Satan, could Satan read his mind? And, and then I guess the second thing is, can Satan read our minds when we're being tempted?
5: Um, you know, Mark, that's a great question. I really appreciate you, you asking that, and it, it really um, it does evoke a lot of a response. Um, my understanding is, um, in terms of the uh, demonic relationship with us, is that, um, you know, when, when Jesus was in the desert, um, obviously he would have been hungry. So in his mind, in his thoughts, he would have been conscious of his stomach growling. He would have been conscious of his... Um, uh, uh, you know, the, this the fact, fact that he was hungry. And the, the devil is can be aware of the things that are in our minds and in our hearts, the things that are, are within our consciousness. He can't insert thoughts into us, as far as I understand it. He can't, like, make us think about certain things. But he can play on the imagination. He can play on um, the... Um, what's going on in our mind or, already. Um, a, a related kind of thing is, you know, one of the things we're encouraged in terms of our spiritual life to try to develop virtues. And when we engage ourselves in vices or in sinful behavior, then, you know, we store in our in our minds and our imaginations um, images, thoughts, ideas, and, you know, the devil can play on those and use those in, in a way to tempt us further or pull us away from the Lord. So I think the devil can... Um, interact with, or example, and play with the thoughts and um, the emotions and the imagination, the things that are there for us, he can't insert them. He can't bring them in. And in terms of whether he can actually read our thoughts, I think he can only respond to what's there um, in terms of what it is that we're thinking, what it is we're thinking. Um, I hope that helps. Thank you. You bet, Mark. It's good to have you on, to, to, uh, on, on Straight Talk. So have a good day. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Um, if you're interested in, in um, asking a question, uh, maybe something you've heard already, something that is curious to me, or as, as Mark did, just a question that obviously he's been thinking about, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We'd love to hear from you and to talk to you um, on this segment of the program. It's uh, it's always wonderful. It's always wonderful to have people. You know what's on the people's minds out there. You know, when, you, when you're a Catholic uh, priest, when you're a leader, you have all these preconceived notions of what you think other people should be thinking about. Um, what I think is important may not be what somebody else is thinking is important, and we're always interested in hearing what it is that you, your thoughts, or your feelings. So if you have a question or a concern, um, if you have a comment, eight seven seven we'd love to hear from you about that. So...
6: Father, I was uh, reflecting on Mark's question about uh, Jesus in the desert for 40 days, and as the older I get, I learned that there's a, uh, <clears throat> an amazing uh, connection to just understanding how Jesus led by example. And I think in my own life, to be able to go 40 days with the devil continually trying to tempt me, <clears throat> I can honestly say uh, I've not made it in 40 days without being tempted. And so I, but at least there's a standard that I know that it can be done.
5: Yes, absolutely. Um, um, the Lord is always is always the guide and the inspiration and the example for us in terms of how we're called to live our lives um, in any situation or circumstance. So, uh, absolutely. Shifting away from Lent a little bit, it's um, an, another topic that it was it was interesting to me, and I I'm, I haven't read a whole lot about it. Um, but we have a, a movie coming out, um, unplanned, <coughs> which is a story of. of a, a young woman who was involved with Planned Parenthood and then saw her way free of that and saw her s- and t- to uh, become a, a great pro-life champion. And the the movie received an R rating, and I, I'm not exactly sure why or what the content of that is. I just know that this is a hot topic that is very much in the hearts and minds of, um, I think, all people of goodwill. Um, you know, in the whole um, advancement of, of the um, people... Promoting um, abortion at, at any level, up to and including a birth of a child, it's a very disturbing. It's very um, much a concern, and like I said, I think it's a concern of of, of many many people um, in in our country. I, I read a recent poll which said that um, uh, some of the people who have been uh, pro-choice are, are shifting over to a pro-life stance. In light of some of the extreme uh, measures that have been taken, so it's uh, it's it's a topic of concern and um, something we need to pray a lot about and be conscious of um, in our own lives and you know, and in our own ways work for the sanctity of all human life. That is, is such a value. I was I was talking to a group of uh, um, I think it was seventh graders not too long ago. We were talking about this this topic, and I said, you know. What's real important for us to appreciate about when you when you're talking about the reality of abortion and and the fact that the Catholic Church doesn't agree with that, we're saying that every human being has a dignity, every human being is loved and cherished by God, and we are called when it, when we are when we talk about being called to be pro-life. It doesn't. It certainly means um, writing our congressman. It certainly means working in the ways that we can to st- stop the legislation and the, and the things that really uh, destroy the dignity and the sanctity of human life through abortion. But it it also means um, in our everyday lives that we treat each other with dignity and respect, that we look at every person we encounter and say, you are a child of God, y- You know you are to be loved and cherished, you have a dignity. Even if you do something wrong, even if you screw up, um, you know, and that doesn't mean you aren't, don't, aren't required to be called to accountability for the poor choice you made or for the sin you engaged in. But at the same token, we are always called to treat people with dignity and respect. And so one of the ways that we can champion the right to life, the dignity of the human person, is in a simple way like that. It, you know, in addition to those larger and more serious ish efforts that we have to put forward in terms of the legislation um, in uh, our, our country right now. So that's another topic that's of interest and in, in, uh, um um certainly important for all of us. We're on at straight talk and we got uh, we got you know some few minutes left, so we have plenty of time for more calls. Um eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you would like to call and uh, share a thought, a comment, a question, um you'd be welcome to do that. This is Father Mike Malloy, I'm here with Todd Tobin. Um Dan Williams is running our electri- our uh, electronics for us and we're grateful for that. So Give us a call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Any topics of interest to you these days, Todd?
6: Well, one of the uh, comments I wanted to make is uh, I work for the uh, Diocese of Rapid City. I'm the development director as of this past October, and uh, again, thank you and Bishop Grues for the opportunity. I just wanted to make a give a compliment to Father Mike. For those that uh, don't know him personally, his extraordinary enthusiasm in life and his positive energy is really amazing, and uh, so what he brings to this show and what he brings to his everyday life in the diocese of Rapid City. I just want to thank you for the great work you do and and for leading
5: by example thank you appreciate that Todd. I, I think some people would say i'm sort of um childish <laughs> 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 because you know I, it's, it''s it's interesting you know I go about my life and uh, sometimes things just strike me as funny and and they're not necessarily in and of themselves funny. They just and I and I sometimes have these thoughts in my head that I sometimes um, that um, that I can I can find humor in a lot of things, uh, things that um, and and I that does help. I, I think it's a it's one of those ways where uh, where um, maybe kind of pulling together the things we've been talking about today is that um, sometimes we have to be able to look at life and say you know it's not all that serious, seems serious, seems pretty pretty much of a problem right now, but we can find some sense of joy and humor in it enough to to relax a little bit uh, and, and to let go. Um, so I, I tr- do try to do that because there's a lot of stuff in life that's heavy and a lot of stuff in life that's
6: serious. Yeah. <coughs> so, Year, years ago when I was going through a very heavy experience, as you're referring to, uh, a mentor fortunately in my life, a good Catholic man sat me down and he helped me understand that um, that to observe that when I'm laughing, I'm not thinking. Mm. And it took me about a couple of weeks to observe that because I was so caught up in my own problems that I couldn't see it. And I was realizing one day as I was laughing, it was impossible to think about anything else. And then he said, now that you've made that connection, make the connection that when you learn to laugh at yourself, there will be an abundance of humor throughout the day to disengage your mind from going to those negative places. Mm-hmm. And I so enjoyed that perspective, and I embrace that to this day.
5: That's very good. And the other thing I think about is, is the importance of, of our prayer. Um, you know, when you begin your day where you— where you focus and, and you remember that all that you are about and all that you are ties up with God and that ultimately that God that you're tied up with loves you, then you can look at the day as it unfolds and you can say, Well, that wasn't that important. That wasn't as significant as maybe at the moment I thought it was. And, and I, can, I can learn to find a certain kind of peace and joy in my life, even in the midst of the chaos that sometimes goes on around it. And I think with that comes a, a sense of humor and, and a, real, a deep and abiding sense of joy. So those things are all important. Um, okay, we have another question here. Tanya is from Fargo. Tanya, are you on the line with us?
4: I am. Good morning, Father.
5: Hi, Tanya. How are you today?
4: I'm doing pretty good. sun's out. a beautiful day.
5: You bet. It, it sounds out here too, so we're grateful for that. I think we're supposed to get up to a whopping like twenty above, so we are thrilled to death. I mean, we're going to run around outside oh with our gosh. shorts and and uh, shorts and, shirts on. We're so excited. <laughs> so, t- Tanya, what's your question for us?
4: Um, I had a question, um, Father. When you give up something for Lent, or you're doing something for Lent, um, and for, for Catholics, we're like, oh, what are you doing for Lent? You know, are we supposed to tell each other what we're doing, or should we be like? I'm not telling you, or like, <laughs> how much <should> of that conversation <laughs> about? should we even you be could,
5: asking? <laughs> you should say that's none of your business, right? Um, <laughs> great question, Tanya. Thank you. Um, uh, I think it's. I mean, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule whether you should or shouldn't tell people. I think you, you, if you're asking the question, you want to say like, why? You know, if I'm asking Todd what he's doing for Lent, if I'm asking that because it might be an inspiration and a guide for me, then then yes, that's fine. If I'm asking Todd because I want to compare and see how much better I am than him or how much better he is than me, I think not. I don't think I would volunteer that information because then it, it, it can slip very quickly into sort of a pride and a, you can lack a real certain humility like, look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and this and this. What are you doing? So I think a lot of it ties up with our motivation. Um, and that's the thing you have to do, Tony, you just got to ask yourself in all those situations, first of all, why am I engaging in this conversation? And, and um, what do I... Uh, what I hope to gain from it, you know, what's the benefit or the payoff. And so that would be my encouragement, to to check your own motivation and go from there. Does that make sense? Sounds great.
4: Thanks, Father. I appreciate it. All right.
5: Appreciate it, Tanya. Thank you for being with us. <laughs> yep. Stay warm. In this balmy weather we're having these days, <laughs> well, sort of. Um, it's, it's interesting how relative weather can be. You know, it's like when it's twenty below and then it's you know twenty, um, or 20 above. You're thinking, "Wow, this is fantastic." So <laughs>
6: well, that's why we live in the Dakotas, right? Where yes. we have nine months of winter and three months of bad sledding.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good way of looking at it. It's kind of amazing. So, um, anyway, it's uh, <laughs> yes. There's all kinds of. Uh, Joys uh, for us to uh, reflect on, and we can even find humor in something as dismal as constant cold weather. So, um, so we um, we are still with uh, Straight Talk um, Real Presence Live here eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have time maybe for another question. If anybody's out there that wants to ask us a question on uh, by calling in or also on Facebook, we would be happy to um, sh- um, entertain that in the f- in the few minutes we have left before we move on to the next segment of our show. So. So we hope that you have the time to do that. Well, we're very close. One minute to break here, and we have a call that is coming in, or we think it's coming in. We'll we'll hope we can get to it before the end of the break. If not, we would encourage the caller to call back <coughs> when there is um, another opportunity to do that. When there's when there's uh, uh, straight talk is on because it's on every time. There's uh, real presence live is on the radio. Straight talk is there. So thank you for your all the all the calls um we really appreciate that coming up next we're going to have a former lutheran presbyterian and anglican on the radio surprisingly this is all one guy we get a glimpse of his faith journey and on returning home to the catholic church coming up soon please stay with us